Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Gotta love quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected, and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at ShallonXO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. We are talking today about moderation. That's going to be our mantra this week. I'm not a very moderate person. I'm pretty extreme. I will eat the exact same thing for six weeks in a row. I will, I'm a serial obsessor. You know, I'm a passionate person. And guess what? It gets me into a lot of trouble. Actually, not a great way to live. <laughs> like it is in some ways, but truly my life's work is controlling my passionate and my extremity sort of impulses. And so this week, we're going to talk about people who are in similar situations. Not that they're necessarily too passionate, but that they're dealing with people who maybe could be or things are running away from them. You'll see what I mean. But first, let's get ready to receive the message. Just roll our shoulders back. We're going to take some deep breaths. We're going to relax that jaw. No more smiling for today. We can just be slack-faced. We're going to breathe in through the nose, and we're going to breathe out through the mouth, and we're going to say our mantra, everything in moderation. Here we go. In through the nose, and out through the mouth. One more time. In through the nose, everything in moderation. Ooh, now we are ready to receive the message, honey child. So I used to get these questions uh, from you guys when you submitted questions on my website, shallonlester.com, which you can still do. But, you know, I know that the things you submit to me, sometimes you want to keep private and you definitely have that option. So I thought, let's source some of this stuff from a more public forum. And one of my fan accounts, Quotes by Shallon, who's run by the incomparable and adorable and just nuggety Nicole, I love you. She started a Shalligators Reddit thread. And you guys, it's such a positive place where you guys can come and connect and ask each other questions and share wonderful news. One of you guys just share that you're pregnant and I'm so excited. I'm so excited somebody else out there is having a baby and it's not me. Good for you, girl. Doing the work for all of us. So there's been a lot of things that are posted that, you know, I'm lurking. I'm lurking and I'm creeping. So I wanted to use some questions from there. And this one really, really stuck out to me. It's called Something I'm Genuinely Curious About. She said, I just finished watching Shallon's new video on how not to get lost while you're in a relationship. And throughout the whole video, I could only think about one thing. How do we know if a guy is using us as an emotional getaway car? We can fall victim to somebody's sweet talk and never truly know what's behind those words. I've never heard Shallon talk about the inverse situation. How do you steer away from someone like that? So let's define what an emotional getaway car is, because maybe you didn't see that video. It's a video I just did on Lily Reinhardt and Cole Sprouse's breakup and how she talked about how she felt like she was dying and your depression and it was just so wrenching and so visceral. And I mean, haven't we all been there? My God. And we get there and we lose ourselves in a relationship when we're using someone as that emotional getaway car. Please take me away from this. Please let me feel less. Let me feel more. Distract me. Entertain me. Make me forget my traumas. Elevate me to a different social stratosphere. That's a big one. So much of the time, when we we fixate on people like that and we create that hurt locker, as I call them, someone in which we store our hurts, it's not even that we wanted to date them. 
It's that we wanted to be them. There was something about their life that we wanted for ourselves. And we don't really know how to interpret that as women. We do with like female to female dynamics, you know, friendship dynamics. But when it's male, female, we just interpret it as love, as obsessive love, as love I am never going to get over. And we don't because we can't get to the root of what's going on. So we just get stuck in this loop and we get stuck in this getaway car. And what happens in a real life crime when the getaway car speeds off without you? You're fucked. And that's how it feels when love speeds away from you, if you don't understand what's behind that love. So when we get stuck, it's important to understand really what we're trying to run away from. But like she said, what 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 do we do if someone is using us as a getaway car? And when she posted that, I was like, holy shit. She's right. I've never addressed that because I've never thought about that. I'm like, why haven't I ever thought about that? Because I, and this is so pathetic, I would be psyched for someone to latch on to me like that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Shallon. Codependency. Is this not like the definition of codependency? It's like, I want someone to need me. I want someone to see me as this portal to something better because then that reaffirms my specialness. That's not good. That's not very healthy, okay? Because it's not balanced. I mean, to a degree, and here's where the moderation part comes in, of course you want someone to see you as special and leveling them up. We, we want to be admired. We want to be worshipped like that. Of course, to a degree in moderation. And of course, love is always going to be an emotional getaway car for us. It should be. That's the point. I want to change my routine. I want to change my life. I'm tired of doing what I'm doing. I want to be exposed to new thoughts and ideas and better penises, whatever it is. But again, in moderation. You want it to be a car, not a getaway car. Because that means you're fleeing from something very bad. You're not fleeing. You're moving. You're migrating. You're traveling. You're experiencing experiencing. I'm swallowing my words. And that's what we want a guy to be too. So actually, Nicole weighed in on this. And I think she had some very profound thoughts. She said, I would maybe suggest that if it's moving too fast, that might be a red flag that the guy's using you as an emotional getaway car. Like we just said, fleeing versus moving. Like how Shallon says, a relationship should feel like, shouldn't feel like fireworks. It should feel like a fireplace. I talk about that a lot. Fireworks, big bang, flash but they burn you and they fizzle out fast. A fireplace, it takes a while to get going, but you can see a steady progression and it keeps burning hotter and longer and it sustains you and truly keeps you warm and gives you what you need. So if you feel like you're on this roller coaster, like you're being love bombed, that's probably another sign that he doesn't really want a relationship, he just wants a distraction. This is so true and I'm so glad Nicole brought it up. Love bombing. When it's just this tidal wave, and we've talked about that tidal wave phenomenon and how it relates to being swept away. And I feel like we've talked about this a lot lately, like in the last few videos. The swept away phenomenon, truly, scientists have found, is responsible for a lot of unplanned pregnancies. I don't know, we were just like swept away in the moment. We were just caught up. I didn't want a condom. I didn't want to tell him to pull out. Swept away, swept away. We want to be swept away. We want to be overwhelmed. We want to be taken away from our problems. We want to get in a car that is going pedal to the metal. And maybe it is a getaway car. And maybe we don't know it until we get in it. So if we feel that, holy shit, this is moving too fast, in the same kind of panicky, out of control, but sort of exciting, but also really scary kind of way, if we were in an actual car, right, we can feel those exact same things, not in a car, in a relationship, in bed, out to lunch, be like, this is this is just a lot. I mean, these texts are coming in. This is crazy. 
But maybe that's not always the case. Maybe you're like, I don't know if he's over his ex. Is he using me to get over her? Is he using me for clout? Given what I do and my life and my persona, it's very weird that that is something I now have to look out for. And I was seeing somebody and I tagged him in a photo and he got all these friend requests and he was so excited and I was so hurt. I was so hurt. And I'm like, are you, are you dating me for clout? That's really hurtful to think. Like that is truly awful because then it's like cheating. You know, when we talk about the reason cheating is painful is because it means you've been making decisions based on a reality that doesn't exist. I'm making decisions for us and our future. <laughs> there is no us, there is no future. They've got a different us with somebody else. And same when someone is potentially using you as a getaway car. It's like, wait a minute. I don't care who's driving a getaway car. I just care that they're driving. I'm not caring about the, the driver. I don't give a shit. I just want to go. And when we latch on to people for the wrong reasons, it's the same thing. Just drive. Drive me away from my feelings, please. Run the red light. And we don't want to be in a relationship with someone like that either. They're just using us for sex. It's like, hey, they just want to get laid. They just want to fuck a bunch and get their numbers up. Great. She, she'll do. She's fine. Like, I don't know. She pays for everything. She's fine. I don't know. She plans everything. This is fine. So that getaway car thing can come in an extreme form of like love bombing and that overwhelming. Or it can come in those subtle forms. Clout. Your social standing. Hey, I just want to have a girlfriend. Sometimes it's just as simple as that. I don't know, I just wanted a girlfriend and, you know, you were calling and you were, we were hanging out. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, we'll be together for the winter. Wow, that's a bullet to the heart. That's awful. I want to be wanted. I don't want to be accepted. I want to be desired. But again, in a healthy, moderated way. And I can only approach it from that healthy, moderated way if I am approaching it from a healthy, moderated way, right? If I'm in an extreme, insane, unstable, destabilized place, then I absolutely want a guy who sees me as a getaway car. Get in, bitch. We're going criming. Like, we're, we're going on a crime spree. Because I need that same intensity to match my own so that I don't feel as crazy. Now suddenly we're Bonnie and Clyde. We're Bonnie and Clyde. It's me and you against the world, babe. I don't want to be me and you against the world. I want the whole world to be with us. Sounds exhausting. I don't just, I don't want a partner in crime. I want a partner in moderation. I want a partner in health. So if you don't know where a guy is standing, I believe you can ask him. Here's how you can deduce what he's actually after. Ask him what he likes about you. Ask him what he likes. His answer will be very telling. And don't just ask once, maybe ask a few times because he'll be like, okay. So I, I asked a dude the other day, what do you like about me? He's like, I like how ambitious you are. It's like, huh, that's the exact right answer. I, I love that you love my ambition. And I said, why do you like that? Tell me. And he thought about it. He's like, well, um, it means you're independent. It means you're not going to be like super clingy to me like some girls are. You know, like that's how relationships can go. He's like, you're, you're going to be independent. And he's like, and that's that's attractive, it, that you have your own thing going on. I was like, okay, why else do you like it? Like I was really pressing. I wanted to get deep. And he's like, because I am ambitious and I don't find girls that match my ambition and they, they like it in the beginning and then at the end, they hate it. Everything they start out liking is the thing they started out hating. They like 
that I want to be a champion skier. And so I ski all the time. But then by the end of their relationship, they're bitching that I'm always on the slopes. And it's like, dude, this is why you're dating me. Like, I don't, I don't understand, you know? And I thought that's, that's really interesting. That's really true. And here's, I'm witnessing my own dynamics in reverse with this guy. Like, I date people who, like we said, I might admire. There's a part of them that I want for myself. So I tend to gravitate towards people who inspire me in that way. If it skews in a healthy direction. If it skews in an unhealthy direction, we got a hurt logger, we got a getaway car, it's a fucking fiasco. And he was doing the same thing because that's how human beings are. And knowing what he liked about me, knowing what he was getting out of the relationship, I now have the data to evaluate whether or not I am a getaway car for him. And I don't think I am because he was speaking about about it in a very moderated way. It wasn't, you know, I just got out of a relationship and I just, I, I don't like being alone and I just fucking hate my ex and I just, oh, I just need to get her out of my head and just erase that whole memory. That speaks that I have a purpose, a function beyond companionship and love and empathy. I am supposed to do something in his life, right? What is supposed to do something in our lives? Objects, possessions, tools, things we purchase, right? Things that have a meaning and a purpose and and an existence only when we allow them to. Like shoes, like a screwdriver, I'm not choosing I'm not a goddamn screwdriver, okay? I'm a human being. Because when someone needs us to do something, when we have a function, they don't give a shit about what we need. It is a one-sided, usury relationship. Again, like we would interact with an object. I don't go to my shoes and be like, hey, what do you guys need today? You want to just rap about your problems? What do you need? Where do you want to be stored? No, I'm going to wear you. I'm going to put you back. That's how it goes. So get clear on how he's speaking about his feelings for you, how he's speaking about that relationship, and then you can evaluate whether or not you're someone's getaway car or whether you're in a healthy, balanced relationship. Our next question also comes from a shalligator, and her title was, is sarcasm low-key abusive and or gaslighting? It's a very good question. She said, I started talking to this guy about two months ago on Hinge. He was wonderful, perfect on paper, checked all my boxes, Slowly, we started hanging out, becoming more and more serious, seeing each other every weekend. He was so sweet in the beginning and reminded me of when Shallon said, everyone can be nice for the first couple of dates and how Hitler was charming and such a delight at parties. You know, I like to bring up that example. But slowly, this guy started making small digs at me, mostly using sarcasm to kind of put me down. When I would call him out on it, he would turn it against me a little and say he was just being lighthearted and trying to keep the conversation fun. Don't take it so seriously. In my heart, I'm a sensitive person, but I genuinely was hurt by some of his comments. I don't know whether this is a red flag or I'm getting offended for no reason. I realize no one's perfect, and I should also mention he really is extremely sweet. He pays for things. He holds my hand in public. Really, his actions don't match his demeanor at all. He's always going out of his way to try to do kind things for me. He's just really sarcastic, and it hurts me sometimes. He also digs on himself really frequently, though, which makes me think think it is more joking. It still hurts, though. Any advice? Help. Hmm. This goes back to the moderation thing. I am a very sarcastic person, as we know. And I am also a mean person when I want to be. And my sharp tongue will slit a throat. It will. And I have to monitor myself to not take things into that one-upsmanship category. And I was in a situation recently with someone where we, we were getting like that. It was like this awful cold war. He would do something 
that ruffled my feathers, I would do something a little more extreme. He would up the ante. I would up the ante. I always say, I don't start a fight, but I will finish one. And that's where he and I got to. And it it got to the point, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like we are, we've become so adversarial and it happens. It's like falling asleep, they say, slowly and then all at once. And that's exactly what it was. Like it was just these tiny little micro cuts where I just didn't feel safe with him, emotionally safe. He was not my safe place to fall. He was not my emotional squishy part, you know? He wasn't the person I was going to go to when I had a bad day. I couldn't cry around him. I thought he was going to make fun of me. That's where all this shit leads. And when it got gets to that place, you know what that place is? A power differential. That means he had all the power and I had none because I couldn't express myself. It was gaslighting in that it kept me small. I didn't feel like I could express myself. I didn't feel like I could be vulnerable and emotional. Shit, if he was going to make fun of me for the beer I ordered, you think I want to tell this guy about my traumas, about my family, about my bad day, about any of that? No. I I don't want to expose my emotional underbelly to someone. And they might see that as a good thing. And we talk a lot about how people don't have to do these things intentionally. There's no whiteboard in the basement and he's checking off boxes for this whole grand plan to do this to you. That is worse. That's worse. That means this is so natural to him to behave like this. It is so automatic to him to minimize you like this, to keep you small, to keep you in control, that he's not even aware of it. That's bad. That's real bad. And it's worse that when you bring this up, he doubles down. He gaslights you. You're too sensitive. I broke up with someone a few months ago and we had an almost exact conversation like this. It it was the same. I, I feel like I'm, that's why I'm addressing this question because I'm like, I was in this precisely. And in the moment, I was just as confused as the shalligator was. I'm like, am I? Am I too sensitive? What's what's wrong with me? And I look back now with some distance and perspective and I'm like, girl, no, you weren't too sensitive. You know what? Even if you are, even if you're really sensitive, so what? Why is that a bad thing? Your sensitivity is what makes you empathetic. It what makes you a bonder, a listener, a wonderful friend, sister, girlfriend, mom, all of this. And bad people weaponize those traits against us. They turn them against us and they make us ashamed for them. They make us minimize them and they use them to control and manipulate us. And the person I was involved with, we were having a conversation about like where the relationship was going and he was super defensive. And I I felt like he was gaslighting me and he's like, you're so sensitive. And I said, and I would like to stay that way. Yes, I am. The things you love about me that I listen to you, that I hold you in my arms, that I want to hear about your history and your date and all this stuff. Now, suddenly you don't like it. Funny you don't like it when it comes back on you. That's how traits work. You got to like them when they're good and you got to like them when they don't exactly work in your favor. You can't just have me be sensitive only when you choose me to be sensitive and loving. But then when you want to be an asshole, suddenly I'm fucking bulletproof? I don't think so, dude. What your communication needs are, whatever they are, are valid. And what you're saying here in this question is completely valid. Hey, don't make fun of me. Don't poke at me. 
Make your demeanor match your behavior and your and your words. Consistency, collaborativeness, peace, harmony, love. And if you bring that up to someone, and if you phrase it in the way, not like you're doing this and you're doing that, if you phrase it in, you are hurting me when you do this. You're hurting my feelings. I don't want to hurt your feelings. And I'm telling you that X behavior yields Y hurt feelings, Y result. And so the fact that I'm alerting you to that and the fact that you're doubling down on this tells me you're doing this purposefully. No, I'm not. It's just, nope. Hey, I'm telling you that this behavior and this result yields me being upset and hurt and it makes me want to pull away from you. It makes me never want to suck your dick again. And if you keep doing it, now that you're aware of cause and effect, you have chosen a behavior and you have chosen the outcome. And you cannot be upset when you see what that outcome looks and feels like. I said that to a guy recently too. He's like, I'm sorry. He was apologizing for stuff that he did. There's a lot of guys in my life. (laughs) It's a bit of a mess. He was apologizing. I was like, but why do you do it? I don't know. Like you keep doing it. And therefore, you keep choosing the outcome, right? You keep choosing this result. You keep choosing this painful, ugly conversation that we're having right now because you keep choosing the behavior. So I don't want to hear that it's accidental. I sure as shit don't want to hear it's my fault because I'm too sensitive that I don't like this. If I'm so sensitive and if I'm so crazy, you need to go. Break up with me. Why would you want to date someone who's so sensitive and so crazy and she just doesn't get my sense of humor? Great. Go date some weird robot damaged woman who loves to be negged, who loves to be gaslighted. That ain't us. That ain't a shalligator. All right, honey? I want to be treated nicely because that's how I treat you. Unless you start this on the wrong foot, you get us onto that adversarial course, you are not going to enjoy how that feels. And neither am I. And if we're not enjoying how things feel, what the fuck are we doing here? What is the point? So with this guy, I don't know. I would communicate, like I said, hey, what you're doing is hurting me and it is unacceptable. This is the part you need to add. Your, the way you speak to me is unacceptable and don't do it. You have to do it right then, like training an animal, right? When he says something sarcastic, say, do not speak to me that way. Don't speak to me in that tone of voice. I was just kidding. Well, I don't find it funny. And I'm the audience. And I'm telling you, I find it hurtful, insulting, and rude. And if that makes me crazy, then we don't need to see each other anymore. I have brought this up to you. I've said it nicely. I've tried to communicate it from a place of collaboration. You're not getting the memo. So now I'm saying it in a different tone of voice. Don't speak to me like that. Don't make fun of X, Y, and Z. Are we clear? And then you got to see what he does. If you've exhausted those options, if you've asked nicely, if you've asked from a place of, hey, you're hurting my feelings, if you've spelled it out like that, which is not fun to do. And when I've been in those situations where I've had to like lay down the law, you know what I feel like? Mom. I feel like mom scolding a child. I don't want to set up a parent-child dynamic. I mean, true, some people need to kind of get like grabbed by the ears and shaken a little bit in terms of like where you stand. Like they might not realize the gravity of the situation. So give it a shot. But then you got to step back and see what they do. You know what? He's still doing it. He has chosen that behavior 
and therefore he's chosen the outcome, which is you are no longer in his life. And this shit cannot be a bluff. It can't be. Why does it need, why would you bluff? Why do you want to be around someone who makes you feel like this? The things you're saying, it's like, he's so sweet. I mean, okay. He holds your hand in public? Girl, we got to raise the bar. He should be, he should be glommed onto you in public. This is my girlfriend. Look at her. She's so beautiful. Isn't she great? She belongs to me. That's crazy. It's crazy. She's been talking to me. Dude, it is crazy. Pays for things? Yeah. No shit. He should be doing that. I mean, if you say he's sweet, like I believe you, you know, and I'm sure we, we don't see the 360 of a relationship. We only really see the things we complain about to our girlfriends, right? You know, we're not like, and then he did this wonderful thing, that wonderful thing. We bring up the bad stuff. So we do have to assume that there's good things going on behind the surface. But for me, poking at my emotional underbelly is a deal breaker because, like I said, it is such a slippery slope into an adversarial relationship, into me being minimized, me feeling crazy and now doubting my intuition, and truly a potentially abusive situation. That's how abusive relationships start. I'm not saying that's where this is going to go, but I mean, the parallels are unmistakable. It's I'm going to keep you small. I'm going to keep you quiet and maybe I'll do it with my fist. Maybe I'll do it with a few jokes and sarcasm, but I'm going to do it because I need to have the power. That's how I operate in the world. That's what I think of women. You don't like it. You can fucking leave. Baby girl, leave. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Chalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage. Stay savage.